I know you're out there. What the fuck are you doing? Hey. Jackson. Hey, B. Thanks for coming out here. Uh, I know it's late. It's like three in the morning, but I could really use this weed whacker. Really use it. Why? Wait. I'm not. In Wait. Jackson, are you whacker man? It doesn't look that obvious. Maybe I shouldn't Jackson! show up in a ski mask here. You're the one that's been stealing the weed whackers of the neighborhood for the last 10 years? I can't confirm or deny this, but yes, it's me. I'm Whacker Man. We're, I'm running low on my list, B. You're kind of on the bottom one. So I've gone through nearly this whole neighborhood. I know. It's in the newspapers. It's everywhere. <laughs> I, well, what can I say? Wait, why? Um... Yeah, I, you might think I'm just a harmless prankster. I'm not. Uh, I, you are that, but continue. Yes, but the problem here is that um, you know the little little thing at the end of the weed whacker, the the whips that yeah. come out of the blade. Yeah. So, uh, like, you can't change those at all. So, and it for all I can tell, there's no way to get more of this. So, so you just steal it instead of going getting it breaks yourself. eventually, always. So I have to go find another weed whacker. Um, I know we're friends, and this is probably gonna put the podcast in jeopardy, but I'm gonna have to call the cops. Why? I can give you the entirety of the weed whackers that I've stolen over the last ten years. So since I do have them all lying around, I make a couple of like art projects out of them. One I've like morphed into Optimus Prime. Another one I got of Truckersaurus, all made of weed, weed whackers. And then there's the scene of E.T. when he's um, passed out next to the stream. Jackson, you get a five second head start. I'm calling the cops. I'm taking the weed whacker with me. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Homegrown Horror. The main spooky podcast where we talk about true crime, murder, cryptids, spooky locations, ghosts, and as of recently, the boarding school. Oh yeah, I was going <laughs> to I was going to say troubled teen industry, but I couldn't find the words, but troubled teen industry. <laughs> That's a good time. Who are you? I am B. Hold on. I am B, a co-host. And I am Jackson, the co-host. Together we make a single host. Woo! Then we'll never stop saying that. I like it. <laughs> I think it's really funny. We're like the twins from American Horror Story, the freak show. Oh God! I have not. <laughs> I you watched all the way up to that point. I watched one episode I have of not, that. I have not watched any American Horror Story. Really? I just watch a lot of videos on American Horror Story. <laughs> so you're have caught you up met on the my lore. wife? Yes, I've met her. You think she's gonna sit down and watch that with me? It's not that scary. The first one's more like uh, intriguing. Yeah. But yeah, the rest of it kind of gets nuts. I've watched a lot of it. Oh, I you I, have? I have, yeah. I watched up to full on like all the episodes up to like near the end of Covenant. And I really like Covenant. I just like dropped off randomly. Coven? Coven? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Covenant, I liked sound, Coven. Covenant sounds like it's um it's um 
churchy. That's true. Yeah. It's now, churchy. Coven's kind of churchy. Coven? Yeah. Is it? Well, yeah, because they're witches. Yeah, there you go. They're That's witches. No, I liked American Horror Story up to, like, maybe the first two seasons. And then it just kind of felt weird. I did like that they reused a lot of the actors, like, between the seasons. Because it was like, oh, cool. That is really cool. Mm Because it's almost like, it's... it's... I don't have to guess, like, that there's going to be new people. Though there were a lot of new people that showed up. Did um, you watch Hotel? No, I've never seen Hotel. You didn't watch Lady Gaga drill someone with a drill dildo? That's... A drill dough? That's somewhere, like... I can watch that? Yes. I can pay for that? Yes. Okay. I mean, of course I can pay for that, but I can watch it too. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I know there was the, I don't remember what it was called, but it was the season where it was like about like election year uh-huh. and it kind of really heavily pulled from like all of the animosity around the 2016 election. Oh yeah, yeah. And I then recall. there's also Roanoke, which was based on... Are you familiar with Roanoke Village? I uh, yeah no I've heard about it yeah like we uh, I watched the videos online yeah the Buzzfeeds and uh, yes I think I did a little um, excursion to Roanoke before or Jamestown could have confused them <laughs> <laughs> mm, Roanoke Jamestown Village <laughs> so this weekend I went um, camping it was great. I really enjoyed being in the out of doors. I was able to relax. Did you and... get to tell anybody that you went up to camp at any point? No. What the fuck are you doing? I, sp- <laughs> I went up to camp, y'all. Okay, there we, go. there we go. Much better. I went up to camp. I did some paddle boarding, had some hot dogs, tried to make some mac and cheese, failed. Um, and then. You didn't we... fail, you learned from the experience. I learned from the experience. And then. Saturday night, like, because the camp is off the grid. I love that. And so the battery that we had. So you didn't have any electricity? Yeah, the battery went low juice Saturday night, so we ate in candlelight. And then um, (laughs) we just, we fell asleep by playing Would You Rather. (laughs) And my gold star Would You Rather question, which I'm going to ask you now, is Would you rather work at a job that you hated but had 12 weeks paid vacation every year or your dream job and you never got a day off until you retired? Um, can, okay. I think I'd pick B because I don't have a dream job. <laughs> so I'd be unemployed. <laughs> There's a loophole. <laughs> oh my God. Which, I mean, really wouldn't be you know, different from some, some periods. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I like the 12 weeks paid vacation. Again, I don't know what the job would be. What would I hate? I guess I would yeah, just be... Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it, yeah. It's personal. It's like, what would you... like? It would be a job that you absolutely hated. You know what's sad? 12 weeks isn't that much, you know? Yeah, it's a week a month, or the other. But sti- then I the, got a... but the other stipulation I gave was like you could also take the twelve weeks as a chunk. Mm, mm-hmm. That's pretty solid. But then think about all the all the catching up you gotta do after right. over two months. Oh my gone. god, I was gone for four days. I walked back in and I was like, shit storm. <laughs> Holy shit! It's like I can't leave this desk. Something's gonna go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'd go for for option B. 
but mm. again, um, my if my dream job is to involves a lot of fucking around, then I'm cool with it because it won't feel like it work. Yeah, you know. Allegra and, uh, said that she and was And if like, it's my dream job, there's nothing stopping me from napping during it, right? That is true. Because <laughs> I feel like most people's dream jobs are to, like, be self-employed. Yes. So it's like, then you can sort of make up your own work day. So, you in, know, there is In some... essence, that is what being, like, a business owner is in some capacity for people. Maybe they just we'll... don't stop working, probably. Well, no, that's how it is for my grandfather. Like, my grandfather was a locksmith. He is... I think he's finally retired. <laughs> he's like in his eighties and he's still like every so often I'll go over there and he's still doing something. And I'm like, bruh, stop. <laughs> but that was the sort of thing is like, for the most part he was on call because he also had a contract with AAA. Word. So if someone called AAA because they were locked up, he was one of the people that they could tap. And so he would get calls pretty late into the night. Obviously he usually wouldn't go out at night. He wasn't like, totally on call but i feel like i remember like the latest him going and taking a call like in oob was around like 7 p.m oh man okay speaking of oob (laughs) that's where we're going for today Woo! yeah um as if like the last couple weeks weren't depressing enough i was like it's been a little while since we've done a murder (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> better rectify this situation so here we are and i've been i've been kind of holding this one this is one of the ones i've been like i've had been holding like in my pocket and you know we're almost you know we are in the 40s now mm-hmm. and i keep asking myself for a lot of these ones that i'm still like holding on to like when are you gonna do it if it's not now when my feeling is that just like timing. I don't want to release a whole bunch of amazing ones back to back. Not to say any one of these episodes aren't amazing <laughs> at all. They're all winners in my the book. book. <laughs> so I decided to finally do this one. And this is the... This is okay. So something that I want to point out is like there are quite a few people that I know that were affected by this because they knew the victims. Because it's an old orchard. I've said before, a lot of my family is an old orchard. My mom's best friend and her kids live in old orchard, and so they went to school with one of the victims. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of it. It has touched people in my life, and that's why. I was holding on to it for so long. Do you remember people like talking about this? Oh, yes. Yeah? Was yes. it a big talk of the town, obviously? This was a big talk of... This, a lot of people talked area. about this. About the Southern Maine. And I remember it. I was in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Or no. I would have just started high school. When you first heard of this? Actually, no. No, I was in the 8th grade. Okay. I think. Um, when this happened. So. The Bullducks are a pretty normal family. Christopher Bullduck and Carol Giffen, they got married in 1991. And they started a family. Carol had a 4-year-old son from her previous marriage. His name was Matthew. And they, have an, they had another son in 1993. Joshua, nicknamed Joshi. And they settled down in Old Orchard Beach. They they both are from, like, they're from the area. 
but I don't know how connected they were to Old Orchard Beach prior to moving there and kind of settling down. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, Christopher was from like the Portland area. And they owned a store together called Blustery Day Flags in Scarborough. And I couldn't find a lot of information on it. Did they just sell flags? I don't, it's like Yelp says it's like miscellaneous. miscellaneous because there's no category for flag store probably that is true so i think (laughs) it's probably flags it's probably outdoor like garden goods and things like that maybe a variation of flags you know maybe you got a whole nfl or team selection of flags yeah you know maybe you got some of those signal flags for ships (laughs) my god well actually if we're in scarborough old orchard beach i Honestly, could see somebody being like, I'm going to put that outside. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> People have lobster pots hanging it from the sides of their house. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're pretty well known because most of the time, if you're a business owner, you're kind of a staple of the community. I think that's uh, Unless just you're hated, of, yes. Unless you're hated. <laughs> But both of their kids went through the OOB. He's the IRS agent. Fuck that guy. Oh, my God. So they go (laughs) through the OOB school systems, and Matthew graduates, and he enrolls at the University of Southern Maine in Orono. He lives about two hours away in Old Town, and he would come and spend time with the family when classes weren't in session. Also, like many other families... There was tension. Mm -hmm. Matthew had recently fought with his parents about his plans to attend college. He wanted to go backpack through Europe and visit his friend in London. And Chris and Carol were against this plan because it was expensive and kind of unstable. Like, he didn't really have a plan for what he was going to do after this. And they were like, you should probably go to school, get your degree, and then you're free to... So the backpacking trip was expensive because, yeah, airfare is probably expensive around this. To, yeah, to get over there, absolutely. This is in 2008. I, did, I don't think I mentioned. 2008? 2008. Oh. <laughs> Which part of 2008? February of 2008. Okay, the good part. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. So they pushed him to go back to continue. I feel like we're in February 20th of 2008 right now. In this moment. In this moment? Yeah, in history. In history. (laughs) So they pushed him to continue with his classes at UMO. Surely all children have disagreements with their parents. I'm sure you've had disagreements with your parents. Never. Never. What you you went to school to do. We're always amicable. Always. (laughs) They're like so many other families. But on February 20th of 2008, everything was going to change for those that were close to the Bullduck family. Chris and Carol were working around, they were working at their store with an employee and friend, William Huntington. So he was their friend. They also employed him. Carol leaves the store for the the rest of the day. She finishes her shift around 2 p.m. And she's going to go home to spend the evening with Josh, Joshua. And she calls her husband around 2.30 to tell him that she saw Matthew's car parked at the local dog park when she drove by. Because hmm. he's supposed to be up in Old Town. She's right. like, hey. And, you know, they're kind of fighting with him. She's like, just so you know, I saw him. He's just fucking off just... over at that dog park yeah. like he always does. <laughs> 
rest of, you know, time goes by and Chris attempts to call Carol at the house around 3.30, but there is no answer. Mm-hmm. After a little while, he decides to head home to check on Carol and Josh because he's like a little on edge. And William says, hey, go ahead. If I don't hear from you within an hour, I'm going to call the police for good measure. And William later told police that he was aware of the tension between Matthew and his parents. And he thought, just in case something happens, if I don't hear from him, I'm going to call the cops. And it's also worth noting here that the cops cops hadn't been involved in this sort of thing with the family. Like, there's no precedent to that. Oh, so they don't have any, like, police family connections or anything? Or no friendships in No, the no, I'm saying... <laughs> what, what are we saying? No, what I'm saying is, like, you know, they have been fighting, but it's uh-huh. not like the cops were called. Oh, to, because to quell all To these. quell anything. Like, there okay. hasn't been, like, a big fight or anything. I want to just put that there because... Ha- <laughs> I have a history, like, my family has a history of having the cops called on, not my immediate family, but, like, yeah. pockets of my family have you got, had. You got legacy, bro. You know, and it's just kind of, like, because it doesn't always have to be a big blowout. It can just be, like, hey, someone heard some yelling, call the, like, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Everything has been pretty quiet in terms of, like, it's just, it's just a disagreement. Some harmless day drinking, familial fistfights. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how real that is. Oh my god. So. My, bro, uh, my dad has a story of how he remembers <laughs> at a really young age where his dad and his uncles were playing poker. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, my dad was playing with them and he lost and his uncle won all the money. Um, and he was like, I don't know. However much money he had as a child, which was probably I don't know, fifteen cents back then. Or something. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe five bucks and a jawbreaker. I or feel whatever. like that's probably generous. <laughs> <laughs> five bucks would be generous, I think, for a child to be walking around in. I don't know when he was around, maybe eighteen twenty-seven, <laughs> when he was a young boy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, he he remembers his his the uncle taking all the money, and his dad was like. You should give that all back to him. And he's like, no, he lost fair and square. That's how the game is. This is how he learns. He's like, no, give him all his money back. And then they started fighting each other. <laughs> and they were beating the shit out of each other. And then they like took it to the lawn and continued fighting. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, that also rings some bells for me <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Woof. At around 540... A neighbor of the Bulldogs call the store to alert them that an alarm is going off at the home, which does prompt William to call 911. When the police arrive at 15 Burkdale Circle, the Bulldogs home, they observed that there was fire coming from the building. The old orchard, uh, old orchard fire department personnel enter the home and they find the bodies of Chris and Carol, 42, Joshua, who is age 15, and their dog, Spike. They are all deceased. Mm, shit. And the fire has not gotten very far. So the fire is... The fire or smoke inhalation is not 
cause of death. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wait, it's not it's not a huge fire? At this point, no. There's okay. they can only see smoke coming from the home. Oh, okay. I was They just view. see smoke. They don't see fire. Okay, I was imagining some like larger fire happening in yeah. the room or something. The fire originated in the kitchen where Chris is, Chris was found and the first flare floor hallway which is also near the entrance to the basement so they kind of pinpoint three locate those kind of locations as and they rule this fire as being caused by an intentional human element because they find melted red gas cans a cigarette lighter and two cellular phones and a digital camera (laughs) so there he Here's whoever all the started evidence. Say whoever oh started God. this yeah. was using the electronics to try to start the fire. But fucked it up. Okay. Yeah, kind of. Well, that's good. Like, yeah. I mean, all things considered. All things considered. Yeah. Here's the th- It is good when murderers suck at their job. <laughs> It'd be better if they sucked enough to not kill people. You know, it's kind of like... But... I kind of think of, like, um, murderers, like having to improvise or something and not thinking so far ahead in the plan like for anything you do in your life like if i think about planning anything i'm gonna forget something mm-hmm. like doesn't matter what it is i'll end up forgetting something yeah it's like and if that rule applies to me at any point in my life what would that carry into a normal person's life for murder like they're gonna forget something like oh shit how do i set i forgot a lighter damn mm-hmm. it i better try to like Jerry rigged this microwave. Yeah. Yeah, just... I'm just talking. No, 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 because it also, it reminds me of, of you know, when people talk about... uh, I think there was an axe murderer, was it in Louisiana? The axe man. And he would always... very He would always take the axes from the people's home. And so, a lot of people... What did he do with them? Oh, just kill them with the axe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not like just take the axe and run. No. He no, I thought he would like use... kill them with an axe and then take their axe or something. <laughs> like he's just collecting. This collected, is my trophy. He's collected axes everywhere. <laughs> yes. He's like, so what he's he would do is prankster. he would he would go to a person's home, get take their axe and kill them with it. Okay, thank it's you. It's just sort of like you know that's something that we discuss when you talk about murderers is like a lot of times is like what did they just not bring their own weapon like how do they know they're gonna find a weapon and i mean at this point in time most people had axes so it was very easy to go into their woodshed grab their axe and go to town these are probably the same psychopaths walking into a lecture on test day with no pencil Yeah, or it's like, you know, oh, they grabbed grabbed a knife from inside the house. It's like, well, how did that, I mean, most people have knives in their house, but you know, how, (laughs) why did they not come prepared? Yeah. And that sort of, usually when people are caught, sometimes they are able to say like, well, they didn't bring a weapon, so how do you know it was premeditated? (laughs) Because they improvised. This is my best defense. Dear God. The bodies were then taken to the chief medical examiner's office, and it's deter- it was determined that the victims had been stabbed Ooh, fun. multiple times. Oh, so obviously they're like, this is a homicide. 
<laughs> this is a homicide. I'm glad they came to that conclusion. Uh, me too. <laughs> There's very little hesitation when the Old Orchard Beach police reach out to the Old Town PD, the town where Matthew lives, and they request that he be located and taken to the station for questioning. Mm. It's around 10.40 uh, p.m., and the police find that Matthew is still at his residence. He agrees to accompany the officers to the station in his pajamas. He is finally interviewed at 1.55 a.m., so from 10.40 to 1.55, I guess he just has recess, you know? <laughs> I don't know if that's just the time that it takes to, like, take his name down and get all that stuff. That just seems like a long time to me. But you gotta let a dude stew in there for a while. And that's it's probably, probably what it. it is. It's like, oh, you got in at 1040. He's not gonna be in until like, you know, three in the afternoon. So you're gonna have to hang tight. Right. <laughs> or I'm gonna go take a nap. You hang out in the lobby next to the furnace. When they interview him, they find that he has cuts on his hands. He claims that they came from cutting a, a particularly thick steak. Mm-hmm. And he also says, oh, these are the clothes I've been wearing all day. I've been stabbing a lot of steaks lately. I've been stabbing a lot of steaks, and I've just been in my pajamas all day. The affidavit, because this is all from the the police affidavit. Mm -hmm. And he does, it, it mentions that he also is shirtless. And that he was like, oh yeah, I was wearing a gray shirt, which is still at my apartment. I'm like, cool. <laughs> That's an interesting detail for you to bring up. I, I've been wearing these clothes all day. Got really hot once, though. I took my <laughs> shirt off. <laughs> so this affidavit is from Sergeant Christopher Harriman. And I am going to tell you... This is this is word for word from the affidavit. Because I think that this very... This is very concise and kind of explains what happened. So Matthew Cushing states that on... 2.20.08, he had been at the University of Maine Orono campus walking around between the hours of 11 and 12. He stated that he was depressed and emotionally charged thinking about his past with his biological father, Paul Cushing. Matthew Cushing told Detective Lynn Scott that he decided to drive to his father's house in e either New Harbor or Bristol to confront him about the past. He drove as far so south as Daramascata to confront Paul Cushing, but had to pull. But he pulled over onto the side of the road and cried. He then drove northbound to Old Town, arriving at his residence between seven and seven fifteen p.m. He stated that the drive took approximately two and a half hours. Matthew Cushing stated that he was not in Old Orchard Beach at all on two twenty o eight. Matthew Cushing told Detective Lynn Scott that. Last time he saw any of his family members in person was over the semester break in mid-January 2008. Matthew Cushing was asked about driving his mother's Toyota 4Runner. He stated that he only drove his mother's Toyota once, and it was approximately one year ago. Carol Bulldog's Toyota 4Runner was found on 2-20-08 by Officer Jeff Reagan of the Old Orchard Police Department, parked on Staple Street in Old Orchard just prior to the library. The old Toyota was parked, or the Toyota, old, why did I put that there? The Toyota was parked approximately 300 feet away from the location where Carol Bulldog had seen Matthew Cushing's Ford Taurus parked at the dog park earlier on 2 2008. 
Mrs. Bulldog's Toyota was towed to the Old Orchard Police Department and secured. Okay. So he says, I'm not in Old Orchard. Yep. They do have the report from William that Carol called and said that she saw Matthew's car. Mm-hmm. And also her car is parked where Matthew's was. Yeah. Yeah. So the vehicle was examined and it was found that there were possible blood stains on the steering wheel and shifter. Again with the possible blood stains. Yes. Yes or fucking no, guys. Because <laughs> they're brown. Is it chocolate? Is it blood? Is it oil? Is it you know it's a car. I just I'm amazed it's two thousand eight. We can't figure this out still. Like that is this a problem? Is this a bigger problem that I don't realize is a thing? Because we can't actually know if blood is blood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well that's the thing, is even like even in cases where they like find a body, they're like it's possible blood so you have to test it to make sure there's actually human DNA. Mm-hmm. Because who knows like <laughs> you could just be like, That's not blood. They're just li- the the remains are just lying in a puddle of chocolate. God forbid that, like, a murder takes place inside of, like, a Hollywood effects studio factory. <laughs> oh, it's my like, God. We can't figure this shit out. Everything's fake blood in here. <laughs> oh, what do we do? <laughs> so, after DNA testing, it was found that the substance was blood, and it's a match for Matthew Cushing inside of carol's car okay so they did and he says i haven't driven her car in over a year i wasn't in old orchard Mm. okay matt (laughs) upon searching his apartment they find a backpack which has a bloodied knife and a stun gun he fucking directed them to the apartment he's like oh it's i left my gray shirt over there you also left the murder weapon there buddy (laughs) yeah yeah so on february 22nd two days after the initial crime, Matthew confesses that he was the one that killed his family before setting the house on fire. To this day, Matthew has never admitted his reasoning for committing the crime. However, it's assumed that this is premeditated because the police found searches for best places to stab people on Matthew's browser history. <gasps> Where is the best place to stab somebody? Probably in an alley. No, not like that. Under a pier? (laughs) There is a pier. (laughs) But not like that. Behind Um, the rocks. (laughs) So the victims actually had multiple stab... I said they had multiple stab wounds, but they were around their face and their eyes. Oh, fuck. Jeez. So he wanted to find where would do the most damage. Yeah. And also there appears to have been time in between each of the murders with Matthew waiting for each member of the family to return home before he would subdue and stab them to death. If it wasn't premeditated, he had time in between each family member arriving home to stop. Many believed that he did this because Chris and Carol would not fund his trip to Europe. But the assistant attorney general insisted that it was because Chris had come out as gay and was having an affair with another man. And Carol was planning to divorce him, which concerned Matthew because he felt she wouldn't be able to support herself. 
It was also mentioned that he felt that Chris mistreated both himself and his mother. A Bangor, a bang, Jesus, a Bangor Daily News article from the Associated Press from 2009 claims that a witness had confirmed that Chris was in a same-sex relationship outside of his marriage and that they, the police found writings at Matthew's house that indicated that he hated gay people. And beyond that, Matt actually has never confirmed that as being a motive. But according to the state's argument, Matthew had attempted to convince Joshua to help him murder Chris. So Joshua comes home first. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, I'm going to murder our father because of how he's treating our mother. And this is his fault that our family is falling apart. He's, he's the villain. Help me. Help me. Mm-hmm. And Joshua rebuffs him. And Matthew begins stabbing him. Ah. Upon questioning from the judge, Matthew did admit that he was enraged at his brother. Specifically because... I don't know... This makes very little sense to me, but apparently Joshua compared him to the man that Chris was having an affair with. I'm not sure in what way or how that would have come up. But that's what made him, another thing that made him angry at Joshua. Which, again, Matthew admitted this in court, so maybe that gives credence to the theory that his motive is related to his parents' disintegrating marriage. I don't, uh, I don't know, I feel like there has to be something more. Right? Like... And all we know is like, yes, he they he de- de- definitely did it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he could just come up with whatever bullshit motive that he would want. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. They know that he did it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Does so, he want to seem like? Is he trying to like hold himself up in some kind of image? Like, I guess he's trying to. Yeah. In some legal defense, but yeah, who fucking knows? There's got to be more to that. Continuing with the state's argument, they they say that when Carol arrived home, she sees that Matt has murdered Joshua. She threatens to call the police, which then prompts Matt to strangle and stab her. Chris arrives home last, who, for all intents and purposes, appears to be the real target. Yeah. And he is subdued with the stun gun and is stabbed to death. In February of 2009, Matthew pleads guilty to three counts of murder and one count of arson. So he doesn't even try and fight this. And he is sentenced to three life sentences with no possibility of parole. Damn. At his sentencing, Matthew talked about his parents and his younger brother in very loving terms. He apologized for what he did, and he admitted that he hated himself for murdering them. And I also wanted to pull this from Boston.com because I find this 
really interesting. Family members described Cushing as good-hearted, conscientious, and said it was difficult to understand what could have driven him to a, into a homicidal rage. The Matthew we knew, know and love was not the Matthew in the house that day, says Cheryl Bolduck, Christopher Bolduck's stepmother. Dick Bolduck, Christopher's father, pleaded for mercy from the judge, saying that a life sentence may fit the crime, but it does not fit the individual. Assistant Attorney General Lisa Marchese, who fought, who sought the life sentence, and the defense lawyer Joe Vincent both said after the hearing that Cushing himself has psychological problems and doesn't understand what motivated him to kill. I don't think he knows, Vincent said. Added Marchese, I've said from the beginning, we're never going to know. That was depressing. Okay. <laughs> Since the murders, Car uh, Chris Carroll and Joshua's names have all been included on a monument for victims of murder in Augusta. Uh, it's called the Maine Murder Victims Memorial Monument, and it was erected by the Maine chapter of Parents of Murdered Children. And that's it. Well, Matthew's that was... still in jail. Yeah. And... Forever. Does yeah. he get, like, is there any treatment that he gets? I do not know that. Okay. I feel like his his family probably knows, but I would also like to say the people that made the victim impact statements are all Chris's family members. Mm -hmm. So even they, even with everything that's been said and the sort of rumors about Chris, they, they and acknowledge something else is going on. Going on with him. Yeah, they appear to stand by Matthew. Which I think is a testament to, you know, you don't have to be blood in order for someone to be your family. Like yeah. Matthew was Chris's stepson and his family is still stepping up to support him through the aftermath of what happened. I mean, they obviously knew each other well enough to go out on a limb and do that. Yeah, because he's because like you know he at the time this happens he or at the time he's sentenced he's twenty two. Yeah. Christopher's been his stepfather since he was four. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is one of those things where like it appears like it's gonna haunt Matthew for the rest of his life. It appears but, that yeah we have no. I did mention I found another art. I found an I found an essay that was supposedly going through Matthew's psychological. Like it was like going oh. through him mm -hmm. and like his psychological profile. I realized pretty quickly that I was like, okay, cool. Like I thought it was gonna <laughs> be like the state like did a psychiatric evaluation. No, no. This was like someone's paper because their main source was a podcast like a true crime podcast that's what you were texting that's what me. i was trying to say okay and it's like, he was texting me about this and i read it in a different way <laughs> there was a lot of details okay. that were like they seemed to be i just couldn't find anything like they were saying that Matthew was on so many drugs and he was like down in cough syrup and the reason he couldn't go to Europe and was asking his parents to pay for it was because he blew all his money on drugs. I have not been able to find anything, anything that corroborates that. Right. And so I am assuming that that's just another set 
because uh, again, something that we learn is like when we do research for this is there are a lot of people who weigh in on these things. Yes. And it's very e- it's very easy to like for example if it's at like I've been on like website sleuth boards and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, interesting. But then when you sort of have a little bit more of a background and like it's in your state and people are just like throwing stuff around, you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like one of the things that this essay also said was like, there aren't very many children in, or under the age of 20 in Old Orchard Beach. And I'm like, there's a whole goddamn school system. <laughs> What was the podcast they cited? <sighs> Joe Rogan? No. No, 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 no. I, I don't know. What you don't need to look it up. It's I'm fine. Not gonna, I, I don't, don't remember what it was. I don't care that much. <laughs> I, it's it's a fair, like, it's not one that I've ever, it's, yeah, it's not one that I ever listened to, but it does seem, I don't, I don't know, because I didn't go listen, so I don't know if they interviewed people who were close and they confirmed that, but I'm just saying... Everywhere that I look, a lot of the stuff that the, this essay was citing from them, uh-huh. I couldn't find a basis for. Include, they're also apparently the ones that said there aren't many children in Old Orchard under the age of 20. Yeah, and that so it's that's... mostly, I'm like, I understand it's mostly like, there are a lot of people who are retired, but they, it has its own school system. Yes, it has its own school system. And, and I know do live there. at least like my, um, my friend Angie is from Old Orchard as well, yeah. and she I think she had 80 students in her graduating class, which is more than what Emily and Allegra had in their graduating classes, so... There you go. You know, it's not <laughs> as big as, like, say, like, my graduating class was, like, 318, mm-hmm. but also that's five or six towns. You know what I mean? I just, it's I couldn't get over small. that. I could yeah. not get over that. And they were also like, the crime rate is really, really high. They were like, it's two times the national average. And I was like... That's not true. I need more citations <laughs> for that. I need. I know shit happens in Old Orchard, but like, also, shit happens in Portland. I wonder... <laughs> you know, it's you, not like... I have a feeling this guy didn't do so well on this paper. I don't think so either. Why was it up? Why is it out It there? was called UKessays.com. And it was like, the site students trust. And I was like, nope. You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. So I don't know if it's like a place where people can just go. Because obviously there's also, there's a line when it comes to educational papers. You sound like you're about to cry for a second. No! Don't cry. You know, there's a line when it comes to educational papers. Yes. In terms of like, there are like the educational papers that you write, like your essays that you write when you're like a freshman. And in your gen eds, compared to the essays you write, like, when you're in grad school, or you're trying to get published in a journal of psychology. And this obviously was not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I would say my level of writing has not improved over the many years of schooling. <laughs> right. So, long story short, I'm really, I wish that there was more explanation of... You know, that both of the lawyers involved mention he has psychological problems. They, it's never really explained what they are. It's hard to, for, for one. I mean, yeah. he does, you know, he said in the affidavit, he, in, or they say in the affidavit, 
detailing his the inter his initial interview, he says that he's very depressed. Yeah. We, so yeah, we gathered that from all the testimony. It sounds like. So I don't. I don't know because depression doesn't necessarily make you kill someone. No, there's definitely something deeper there, like. Maybe it is related to the relationship. Maybe it is like lashing out um, or uh, escalating things too rapidly. Yeah. You know, but. And that the thing that is, it's hard is like, unless he was like in a psychosis, because again, he had time in between each murder to stop. Mm-hmm. Because at least, at least between, because I don't know how much time there is between him killing Joshua and killing his mother. But there's at least, you know, because her last phone call to the store, Carol's last phone call to the store is at 2.30. And he leaves around 3.34 o'clock to go back home. Mm -hmm. I could imagine that that much panic in that situation could, like, propel a person to keep going on one track especially when it takes it or if they're in the state where it takes it sounds like takes so little for them to go to cross that line like from what we heard if what he's saying is true he snapped instantaneously yeah there's got to be something else related to like his feelings about it this kind of his family but um it just sounds like he made his decision really quickly if there was any little bit of pushback, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. So maybe once he got, once he started with, you know, one, he goes through the rest. Yeah. And maybe he realized that it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that's where he's at now, is he's done this, and he realizes that mm, things probably wouldn't have been so bad if his parents separated, or even if he just, like, depending on what you think his real motive was. But I remember in the eighth grade, everybody, or at least the people that I spoke to, and I remember, like, initially, like, on the radio and stuff, they were mentioning, like, this kid killed his parents because he couldn't go to Europe. Right. That's the easiest thing to just kind of point to because that's a catchy headline or whatever. And also, I think it's also, you know, especially especially if you're talking about, like, the radio, um, I don't think that they're going to come out and be like, oh, well, it's because he thought his dad was gay. Mm. I don't think that's something they're going to talk about on morning radio. I mean, they I don't might. Know. <laughs> now they might, but in 2008, I'm not sure. No, they would totally would in 2008, but in like really gross ways. Yes, really, really gross ways. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I remember is I was like, oh my God, this kid killed his family because he wouldn't go to, he couldn't go to, you know, Europe. And like I said, like I, I do know people who went to school with Joshua. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it did, it affected the community. And, again, as I, you know, these are stories about people. Because I don't, 
after doing research of this more, I definitely think that Matthew is mentally ill. Yeah, I agree. And it doesn't seem like it was caught or taken care of. But I also feel like if his family trusts his word that he truly is contrite about his actions and that he regrets deeply what he has done, then I don't I don't have the right to disagree with them. Yeah, I gotcha. I would also imagine in his situation with his family, like he probably didn't have like much more of a community to connect with outside of his family as well. Mm-hmm. You know? So if there were certain things that he wasn't really like willing to talk about with his family, there might not be a lot of other people, people to talk to. Yeah. But Thanks for this. You're welcome. But, um, yeah, it's something probably that that community doesn't forget about, especially so fresh. Like, this happened so recently. This is is not the most recent we've done, but... No, it's not the most recent we've done, but, I mean, in terms of violent crime in Old Orchard, like, like, somebody perpetrating it Mm -hmm. because there have been violent deaths for other reasons in old orchard but this is i don't think there are very many murders that come out of this area this is actually um i've heard of this i didn't research it but like i knew what it was going to be related to Mm -hmm. and i just never felt comfortable like "Mm, i'll do this one or whatnot but i think i put it on the no fly list for you did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I that stuck I actually, out in my reptile brain. Fun at some fact: point. I only have one more no-fly list case for. The, wow. Yeah, I've gotten through the rest of them. I think. Oh man. Okay. We're we're really getting to the bottom of this barrel. Huh? Oh, there is no bottom of the barrel. Those are just the ones that I really wanted. To, I wanted to do. Wait, B. This this bottom is false. There's a whole other barrel underneath. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of, um... Monkeys in a barrel. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, hey, it's a manism. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> I actually kind of picked this one. I was inspired by your camping trip, which I'm very excited to go camping this year. Oh, something I forgot to ask. How fucking bad were the bugs when you went? Were they... I... Or, oh, no. she's looking around her legs. Nope. Oh, I see some bites there. Yep, they're That's down, a lot. <laughs> down on my feet. And I had, like, one section on her arm where there's, like, six bites. Oh. Yep, both of my ankles and my feet are fucked. Uh, I got a big, nice big one on my back. Oh, shit. Um, I've got actually some on my face. <laughs> cool bugs. <laughs> and I, yeah, I got fucked. Gonna, I got straight fucked by these mosquitoes. I'm going to douse myself in tea tree when I go. We went on a hike, uh, a little walk today, mm-hmm. um, and we were just being chased by insects the entire time, mosquitoes. Like, it was really funny. So we went from the street into the forest, and it was just a small trail, so we just cut, we were looping around and going back home. And 
Emily stopped to look at a mushroom and she was like in the sunlight and I could see her and I could just see a swarm of mosquitoes just following her. I'm like, Emily, just let's just keep going. We gotta keep moving. <laughs> it's like, we gotta keep yeah. moving. She's like, I why? Did. I was like, you could eat alive. I also, for five um, seconds. <laughs> I had a couple dragonflies dive bomb me. Like into my face. <laughs> so just like one, like I was laying in the hammock and it just went like boom into my face and I was like, Ugh! and I thought I killed it because it was very still for a minute. I was like, sir, are you all right? And it just like got up and flew away. Anyway, you probably thought that this was going to be about bugs. It's not. It's um, not. I didn't mean for it to go in that direction. You just asked. So it's fine. Yeah, I did just start asking. I was curious. Anyway, so this is about. Um, a summer tradition that I think is like common to this and it's very outdoorsy potentially something you do up to camp that's island hopping Maine one of the cool things about Portland is that you have the ferry system yes. and it's really neat to just take it out to Peaks Diamond Island or Long Island even if you want to look at a doll forest or whatever uh, <laughs> but uh, there's so many like cool islands that you can check out in southern Maine, but then also it's oh, really yeah. common. I was gonna say uh, Vinyl Haven. Vinyl Haven, never been there. I really want to go there. That's one that Allegra really wants to go to. What do they got there? It's an island. Emily I played soccer there. Okay. <laughs> Every time I bring it up, she's like, "I've been there." I'm like, yeah, you have. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, but you know, it's foresty, and also it's mid coast, so yeah. it's you know, the mid coast is fucking gorgeous. Well, um. I don't know if you've thought about doing this, or do you know anybody that's done this, going around to mid-coast and taking a kayak or sea kayak out to the islands? No, but I'm, I'm game. I'd be so down for that. Seriously, it'd be so much fun. We just can't tip. Can't go on a day where it's slightly rocky. I know. I have not, I've not done sea kayaking. I've only ever done it on, on the pond up at Anna's camp. I think that we could probably do it. Um, there's probably an easy one to go to. You just gotta buy a kayak. Just buy a kayak. Well, uh, we have one over at the in-laws. We have the sea kayak. So I was thinking I could use that. We just need one other if we want to bring Allegra would probably want to go to. Oh yeah, Allegra loves kayak. Like, do the whole family. The whole family. Everybody gets a kayak. Yeah, we've been thinking, because here's the thing, like I really like kayaking, but I would rather get a paddleboard first. Yeah. I really like paddleboarding. Yeah. What do you do paddleboarding? You just kind of like, it's like a gondola. You're your own <laughs> gondola person. So think of it, it literally is almost, it's it's a little bit like... Can you go fast on them? Yeah. Fast? You can go pretty fast. However fast you can paddle. So the difference between like, it's, it's flat. Yeah. Think of it like a surfboard almost. Yeah. And you, you can either sit, kneel, or stand. Okay. I hear you. So I, I can kneel. It really hurts my thighs, and it uses a lot of core strength, but there are also people who will do yoga on these fuckers. Oh, that's cool. Like, that's yeah, it's, cool. I really, I love paddleboarding. There's something about being more open. It's very chill. Yeah. You know? It's not, it's like, a, it's pretty straightforward, too. Here's your paddle. Here's yeah, your but board. you have a, paddleboard. your paddle is also, it's very much like a canoe paddle, where it's like, it's got the handle at the top, yeah. so it's not double-sided, so you have to go one side to the other side, one, you know. So, it requires work, <laughs> but there is something that I really, really, really like about it, and I really enjoy myself when I do it. I enjoy myself kayaking, too, but I really like paddleboarding. Mm -hmm. I dig that, man. It's, it sounds pretty chill overall. 
Yeah. And, some chairs and I think you can also paddleboard on the ocean, but again, like, I don't know if I'd do it here. I don't <laughs> think you would want The to. waves here are like. I, I feel like having a kayak gives you a little bit of security in this situation. Again, I think that there's probably a couple islands that'd be easier to go to than others. Oh, absolutely. So I'd have to do the easier one. I doubt many that many people are like going out and camping out. So you can just like go first come first serve. L.L. Bean also does excursions where they'll Ooh, excursions. Where like, where like it's you pay, you go with a group, you have a guide, they yeah. provide the equipment. Oh, sick. And, I'll yeah. do that. They also do one. I think it's really cool. They do a, a moonlight kayaking tour. Moonlight kayaking tour. Okay, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, that's pretty dope. I have that's been on my list. They do. They have a lot of cool stuff that I'm like. They also have like archery and shit, and I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> but you know, I'm sinking my money into my car right now, so keeping the fun to a minimum at the moment. <laughs> that's okay. We'll see you next year then. Yeah, see you next year. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's going into my car and then port cons in two weeks, so you know that's Ooh. where the rest of it's going. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm so excited for Porcon. Who are you going as? Are you cosplaying at all? I don't know yet. You don't know yet? I don't know yet. It's so close. You gotta decide. I know I do. Uh, I bet you already not. have something. You have something planned. Dude, that. do you know how many just wigs I have? I have wigs up the yeah, ass. Totally I can, like, I can just do... pick something. Yeah. Yeah. I have like, I have, I have so many wigs. <laughs> you got everything you need already. I really do. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The benefits. But yeah. Yeah, that's it. Go island hopping or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to maybe that. Yep, and now that things are getting warmer, actually enjoy the summer, y'all. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy island the summer. hop. Island hop. Watch out for mosquitoes. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Hello, homies. Thank you for listening to today's episode. My sources for today are the Bangor Daily News, Boston.com, and the police affidavit from Murderpedia. Thank you for listening. You can reach out to us on our Twitter at HGHPod or on our Instagram at HomegrownHorrorPod. We hope to see you again soon.